The Koi Gig Pod. Well, I'm smiling from a Manchester United viewpoint. Champions League nearly in the bag. But Man City will be really disappointed. They didn't look like the team that had won 14 on the trot. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Right, so very good morning to you. It is uh, Wednesday, the 16th. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Isn't it Tuesday? It is. Actually, you want. (laughs) We did a test. I practiced this earlier just because they wanted us to test the microphones. I'm going to show you how the sausage is made. And I got the date correct. And I got the day of the week correct. And then come the real thing, I fluff my lines. Anyway, Shane is here. Colin is here. What a great start to this morning show. Yeah, we tried. Good morning. How are things? Yeah, very good. I arrived in uh, about quarter past eight last night to sit down to watch the football. And I was like, this is going to be crap. And then checked my Twitter and it was aflame with the VAR audio. I was like, oh. So I rewound and watched that and then caught up with the goals and missed nothing in the football. Mm. But the VAR stuff, it's like, they're doing every. It's, it's almost like it's the GA. They're doing everything they can not to rip anything off from another sport for fear of being seen to rip something off from another sport. But basically they've invented ref mic from rugby. They've invented ref mic from rugby and they're like, wow, this is, uh, I mean, this is unbelievable. And it actually was unbelievable. It was brilliant to see. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but mm-hmm. uh, they had Howard Webb on, who was very impressive. Yeah, really good. Like a really, really impressive character who was more than happy to um, listen to the stuff from either side of him and seemed to have a bit of authority over the two pundits who were like... A little bit uh, afraid of him. It, it's, it felt a little bit like they were in the presence of one of their former managers. Um... But the, they went through a series of contentious decisions uh, over the course of the season and it completely humanised the referees. It explained that there's two, essentially two people in VAR working at the same time on stuff, that the communication is excellent. There's, there's this kind of constant panting in the background, which is the tired referee, um, which would suggest that yeah, they all need to do a little bit of uh, fitness work or actually it's a much harder job than we think. I'm, I'm in the same camp. I think, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know I think it, it's basically if they just had that feed and there's no reason why they couldn't have the feed because they had the feed in rugby then all this would go away everything would just go away mm. football has a, a huge problem with dissent and disrespect by players towards referees again again I'm and this would I think help solve that huge huge 10 game ban for saying the stuff that they actually say it's awful they get away with murder these players like and you go through the ages like remember the old Manchester United teams they were brutal for it like the famous game against oh, yeah. Middlesbrough 99 when Roy Keane and Yapstam and the lads chased down the ref like literally chased well, them around the pitch yeah. uh, right up to the modern day it's funny because this is actually have a piece with the BBC commentary at the weekend that Morris Deegan uh, they introduced him before the match and they went they went to him across the course of the game and um, you know there was uh, back and forth Morris talking about Philly McMahon and it was the same with Howard Webb last night talking about Gary Neville. Yeah, yeah, orchestrated campaigns by players to overturn decisions like, like in your day, Gary. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair point. Because mm. Neville was like, oh, well, do you not just have to listen to the player when they're telling you something? They're like, well, you know, because then you're just, not you're always. just lie to me, Gary. The way you would have done. I think it'll, it'll create more, uh, more empathy 
four referees and linesmen. Like there was one occasion where there was an offside that was absolutely marginal, and uh, the VAR said straight away, "Yeah, this is going to be a tight one." And um, yeah, after it was given as onside, and the goal was the Newcastle goal, and it was the, the linesman starts apologising. Joe Linton, sorry lads. Yeah, it's like you, you're really apologising for something that the human eye could probably barely just pick up. Yeah, well, he actually did the right thing. I think it's a, it, it's one of those reflex sorries as opposed to um, yeah, you know, never picked up on that. I'm like, I, I mean. You know, people have conversations. True. It, it may well just be a conversational tick. But really, like, uh, the, I still have significant doubts about when the ball is kicked. Like, is, is the ball kicked the moment that the contact is made with the ball? Is, it, is the ball kicked finally when the uh, foot leaves the ball and is no longer in contact with each other? They don't actually focus on that. Mm. And we could see that what they're focused on is like the, the, the line of the, the last defender and the line of the uh, foremost attacking player but they don't do any focus on the precise second. And actually, TV isn't high def enough to be able to tell you when the ball leaves the foot. So all of this, I think, is kind of a little bit of bullshit. But anyway, it's, it's our current best bullshit. They've altered the body position since the COVID season when there was goals being ruled out. That mm. Parts of the body that had nothing to do with goals scored. Goal I think Sadio Mane got done really badly with Against his Villa, arm, I think. Yeah. And they changed that since. Oh. But it does seem when they were going through like the audio of a typical decision like they did last night on Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's like it does all seem kind of overly complicated. <laughs> it's like it's, it's, it, it kind of does take the joy out of everything. It's it's like it's like, listening, it's like listening to recordings of like in a NASA station. I know. Yeah, but like, a, space a, a mission. mission control. It's yeah. real, like, uh, and I, like I know this is it's ultimately for the benefit of the game and more correct decisions are being made. But I was like, geez, you'd forget why we're all here in the first place. Like, this is supposed to be enjoyable. The most but exciting guys like so stressed out for oh my god, uh, can you just draw that line? Just just the far guy there. Give me a second, just, just sorry, just give me a sec, please. I, I'll be I'll be done in two seconds. So, yeah. Like this is supposed to be escapism. Ultimately, well, the you you're, you're Simon Jordan. Uh, it's, they're supposed to get it right. I mean, uh, sorry if it listens. If it sounds like it's NASA, that's a, literally the most impressive no, stuff that really human beings have ever done. Is pulling, you know, humans. Other I think humans it's, NASA, they, they, the, the thought, the thought they put into this is um, it, it's very commendable, and and also it's going to get faster and quicker. But I really do think they should be playing this all the time, and they should mm-hmm. definitely mic up the refs so that you can hear the player ref interaction. And I guarantee. Overnight, players would be like, oh, "I better watch them saying here." Just cut it. Commercial deals are gone. Cut to it live. Find out what I'm like. <laughs> not not after the game as well. Like, oh, at the end of the game, let's see this. Just do it live. It's a really obvious thing. It's the one thing I really, really love rugby for is the relationship between players and refs. And one, one other thing about rugby, they've started to talk over the ref mic way more now than they used to. Just shut up and let us hear what the referee is saying, and then he's part of your commentary team. Yeah, yeah, literally. A little bit of, little bit of. Uh, well, it's like you say, it takes the fun out of out of sport, but it, it um, doesn't. No, it doesn't. The Kai Havertz one, particularly, the referee is behind. Uh, it adds this extra layer of tension where we find out whether or not something actually happened. No, but when every goal is scored now, there's a split. Yeah, there's delay. You were like, you oh, not like when you were at Old Trafford at the weekend. Yeah, you're waiting. Did you feel that? Uh, those two goals are fairly cl- fairly clear cut. Even I think. then, but, you're still. But even then, they're going to probably go back to this. Like, yeah. was there a VAR decision? No, you didn't have to wait for anything. Did no VAR decisions. Yeah, no. I, I was at Spurs Wolves at the start of the season. There was none either. But I would like to hear what the the user experience is like in the stadium. Mm. Of you know. Oh yeah, okay. It's ruined in the game, except except the two games oh, no. we were at. But to your I end, never said that once. <laughs> I'm just saying it comes across so serious. It's supposed to be escapism. Your point, Jar, about the I know it's people's livelihoods. I understand that, <laughs> well, but it's the entertainment industry, baby. Yeah, it doesn't sound very entertaining. Do you think these people are looking at heart attacks? Like the year is 2023. That your point, Jar, about the moment that the ball is actually kicked. Why don't we have sensors on pl- every single player's foot? I, I know, obviously, the ball could be kneed or whatever, but at least totally. it'll stamp it well. 
<laughs> in 50 years' time, there's going to be something crazy like that. Centres and boots. You're going to have so, yeah, so many rules that be like, say, what, what, what are we doing here again? Yeah, yeah. But uh, like, again, going back to rugby, right? And see, the thing is, it's such a different game, obviously, because there's so many more decisions happening in football than rugby. You can almost predict what's about to happen in rugby from a referee's perspective. Oftentimes, in football, like you could have a split second, like something, someone's being fouled, or there's a decision to be made. <coughs> but when a referee makes a call in rugby, nine times out of ten player would be like fine I don't agree with it but whatever mm. and walks away yeah. the game would be so much better off I cannot stand it's my biggest pet peeve is the way footballers treat referees well and I think this would all help I, I, I don't think it's going to fix it I think that there's a cultural issue from parents on sidelines screaming at referees in underage sport and you know you can, you can see it and uh, that, that comes from like you know pent up vicarious living failed athletes anyway that's a tangent uh, should bring in the mics for goods as Tom Flynn mic up the manager as well It'll be interesting to hear maybe not no uh, no need to be micing officials up just another reason for people to be moaning lead the nonsense to the rugby says Brian um, and then Bobby Dwyer was was anybody else trying to work out their abbreviations PPV what was what was the or APP what was it it was an attacking play Some, I, I don't, I, it was like the start of the play they seem to be um, needs to be ref mic just like in rugby would be a massive improvement for the breaks in play uh, John Dooley says, anybody hear the Stormers coach and Kitchoff's interview yesterday trying to explain the video? I didn't hear it, actually. I didn't, uh, didn't see that. So, John, in the comments, maybe you would uh, inform us about, oh, we were just happy we didn't have to get on a plane again because, you know, we're, we like the environment and it's good to, you know, not burn the planet. Is it something like that? That sounds about right. Um, very good point from Sh- uh, Shane in the comments last, uh, this morning. The, the cherry picked the footage last night. Nobody complained about the Havertz decision. Why not show a major decision they got wrong? They did. they did. They did show the decision they got wrong. The last one they showed was uh, one they got wrong where they hadn't reviewed the original part of it. Was it even Tony getting a penalty, winning the penalty by oh, yeah, doing the old yeah, GA yeah. trick of like clamping, clamping the elbow to him. So they did show that. So the Arsenal Brentford one? No, because that's what in the, a lot of the comments on social media were asking for that one to be shown. Was it Arsenal? That's when they apologised for it. See, they've come out and apologised. I don't even know if the apologies are actually helping them. Well, which, which is a, an unrecommendable thing to do. I think you to criticise them for that as well. I think they do help in that it's like, you are correct. We've listened to you. We were wrong. And if you're still, if the person is still angry after that, then they're just a bit of a dickhead. Mm. Like that's, in, in a yeah, little, little bit of friendly advice in human life. When you apologise to somebody and you're sincere about it and the other person is still angry, then that's on them. Uh, so, yeah. Do you remember when they did um, mic up the managers? Big Sam and Dave Bassett about 20 years ago, Bolton against Leicester. It was a part of a TV documentary to show the heart rate of the managers. Oh, yeah. How, how, how like, tight they go to the brink. We have Vinny Perth here standing by, which definitely asked Vinny about this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whatever we might up for. Uh, here's what's coming up between now and 10 o'clock for you this morning. As uh, Colm has said, Vinny Perth is standing by. Keith Wood at 20 past 8. Emma Sanders talking football at 8.40. Colm O'Rourke is going to join us live at 8.55. Tommy Rooney's power rankings. It's uh, uh, um, an orgy of me today. And then Colin Boyle at 9.30. Um, so anything else? Very quickly, we want to go through some... Uh, well, the game itself. Quick bits. Oh, sorry. It was a if routine 3-0 win. If you're watching Vote Fe- If you watch the two games Leicester and Liverpool played this season, you would think Vote Feist was lumped off a Sunday league match and thrown in because they couldn't find anyone else. My word, he was crap last night. And crap again in the previous, in the reverse fixture. Uh, Johnny Evans, was it you were saying this morning, first game in? Since October. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, Dean Smith's just like panic stations now, throw in these lads. Like, the, defensively, they're abysmal. Well, Liverpool, were, Liverpool were good last night, but Leicester, they're only going, they're, they're going down, lads. Tell There's not a, a brave chance. interviewer, Patrick Davison and Sky Sports, getting braver 
each interview. Well, Asked Johnny Evans afterwards last night, uh, did you feel like you had to play tonight to do yourself, to do your team a favour? Like, were you not ready to play? And Johnny just says, no, I was ready. Didn't elaborate. Ugh. And Patrick let a little gap go, a little silence. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you sure? And moved on with the next question. Braver, this is a guy that Jürgen Klopp often has a problem with. Yeah. Interesting questions, but uh, yeah, Evans uh, faced the media, but Leicester, like, God, they're done for. I think They've won one of their last 15 games. Johnny Evans, stand-up character, brilliant career. It's unfortunate it's going to finish like this, but... Mm. Um, one of Louis Van Hal's mistakes sending Johnny Evans yeah that's as cheap as he was yeah to West Brom you look at the Leicester squad Madison's going to go Barnes is going to go for big money Tielemans will go for a free Ndidi Samari Castagna all these players are like Leicester are going to have a completely different squad next season like so many players are going to go um, that's assuming they get relegated even if they don't get relegated Madison and Barnes will still probably leave you'd imagine it's hard to see them coming back from this isn't it yeah oh yeah yesterday was the two year anniversary of their FA Cup win their first ever FA Cup 2021. That's mad. And like you forget how decent their campaign was last season. They finished eighth, got to the semi-final of the Europa Conference League, mm. lost to the eventual winners Roma by the odd goal and the two previous seasons they finished fifth yeah. with that FA Cup thrown in. And this time last year Brendan Rodgers was talking about if we can just improve our defending at set pieces, add a couple of players here and there, things are looking good. Yeah. There was a, uh, Jonathan Northcraft wrote about this in the Sunday Times at the weekend about the demise of Leicester City this season. He comes back after pre-season. It's like, yeah. oh, if we can stay up, we get 40 points, we're doing well. They've That's new- quickly changed. They have Newcastle, yep. uh, and then their last game of the season is at home to West Ham, who may already be cup champions and safe by that stage. So it's not entirely beyond the bounds of possibility they win the last game of the season and uh, perhaps have a miracle last day escape. Are Liverpool going to get top four? Like, they are... Well, they need... Well, United and, Man United and Newcastle United need two wins out of the last three games. Newcastle's games are Brighton at home, Leicester at home Chelsea away whereas Manchester United plays Bournemouth away this weekend and then they have Chelsea and Fulham at home Newcastle will beat Leicester and Chelsea so that's okay you think so? yeah they're on a bit of a slide though Newcastle they're okay they're not really Liverpool are, they're getting there they're still snookers required stage but they're they're closing down um, Liverpool obviously have to win their last couple of games but you feel like they're, they're absolutely going to in this form uh, and transfer kick last night was just ridiculous by the way do we need to talk about Liverpool uh, like the thing about their players all being the midfield all being past this not being the correct narrative and the defence the defensive issues being because the forwards weren't like is it have they actually managed to fix everything or is this just because there's no pressure on them mm, could be a decent argument yeah like, um, is, is, is there as much remedial work required as we thought or is there still loads and loads and loads of remedial work required because you know this, this form they're on at the moment is like Manchester City title winning form yeah seven games one in a row um um, that, yeah, but look at who they've played. Like, look at the last few games. So since the two all at Arsenal, like they've had Leeds, Nottingham Forest, West Ham, Tottenham, Fulham, Brentford, Leicester. They should win all those games, and they have done. I think it's the opposition playing into account. They definitely need to replenish the midfield. Like Jordan Henderson, was, was and it were good players, but sure, you know, he's relying on them completely. Was it more tactical that? Uh, everybody worked Klopp out and it, it's taken him half the season to work out what his change is going to be he's made those changes a few tweaks a few players have come back from injury fair enough but that actually the team isn't as drastically bad so adding Trent's energy into midfield kind of means that you can still have the midfield that they've had that they're, you're not throwing the baby out here yeah. you're actually anyway we can, come back to exposed, that. we can come back to that other stuff that we, you want to talk about yeah the jersey clash in the Ulster final lads 
I didn't see one. This, j- j- I didn't see one. I saw one team that has a big round white thing in the middle of it. How close were you to the screen? One was like red this? and one was orange. No, if I'm that close, I couldn't see anything. Um, I, I look, I just, in fairness, you made the point that it was more confusing than it needed to be, and that's a fair point. <laughs> Derry do have an away jersey, which would have been. You know, the, white, well, white, the, the white the jersey stripes. is their main jersey. Like the, the, um, the red is their alternate. They threw on their alternate kit. And by the way, Armas orange is not as vibrant an orange as it usually is this year. But they also could have worn their black jersey, which they are trying to market left, right, and centre in Arma. They want to sell that black jersey like nothing normal. So Derry chose to wear the red. Yeah, Derry and, chose to wear the red. their white. And Arma were like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I personally did not see the the clash. I like I, maybe there's. A much deeper orange red colour blindness in the Irish. We have a, it's like the, what's the stigmata? Uh, curiously Irish stigmata. But like, I think if you were, if you were in St. Genoch's Park, it probably wouldn't have been as obvious the Jersey Clash, but certainly on television, I thought this is, this I is watched on BBC, I don't know, maybe, maybe <laughs> they're, they're something slightly different going on with their cameras or something. Yeah, possibly. Higher, higher level of grading or something. Mm. Why didn't they, uh, they had to change this to make it easier. The whites. I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't know why they didn't wear the, the whites. The, I would like to hear the players. It's, it's not terrible in that photograph that we've put up. It's not terrible in that photograph because there's a big white stripe in the middle of it. Yeah, but that's because it's it's close up. But on the t- on the but TV, it's, it's far away as well. For the TV viewer, there was thirty thousand people in Ulster that it was probably fine for. But for the hundreds of thousands probably watching on TV and if that home. was, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I I was looking at Twitter, getting angry about this, and I was like, I don't see this. Uh, the big white stripe in the middle is the giveaway that that's the Dairy Lads, and the other one is not the Dairy Lads. I was, like, a, I was if that was if that was Cork versus Armagh, I would hundred percent. I'd be like, yeah, no, too. I have to say, lucky. my experience was affected by it. Like I have good, I have good eyesight, good color vision, and oh, I was in a hotel. Obviously, you don't. Well, listen, I was in a hotel watching it from a reasonable distance from the TV. I wasn't sitting up beside it. Okay, but um, I, I was like. The times I was confused. You were a little bit tipsy after the weekend in Manchester too. You no, got no. Got a little bit of context into this. It was the goal kicks. Do you know when the Coming goal down kicks? down off the high of, of Ronnie O'Sullivan. And Possibly. You're like, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's that out there? <laughs> what? Maybe that was it. Cloudy. I'd like to hear the players' thoughts on it. Yeah. Were they able to see? Yeah. Was there any problem there? I thought um, it's classic GA like. Ah, yeah. Typical. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have a bit of uh, cohesion beforehand. What are you going to wear? And ultimately, whose decision like is it? Like a night out. Is it, is it the Ulster Council's decision? It probably is. Like, they're the ones, it's their tournament. So, you know, anyway. I do I do agree that the white, you're in your white and you're in your orange. We've tossed, where did you toss? Oh, the, it was the crappy quiz toss yeah. in advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Job wear the whites. Yeah, yeah. The black jersey's nice. And then That's we're like, not, but then if they come out not wearing their whites, you just find them. And then the county board is like, okay, we're doing what we're told. And all of a sudden... Uh, the white yeah. and black would have looked brilliant. Mm. Arma and black, Derry in their white with a little bit of red. Ah, it, They missed the perfect opportunity to have one of the great jersey clashes. Uh, the most aesthetically pleasing GA match out there. Cork against Dublin. Aesthetically pleasing? Yeah, a beautiful red against a beautiful blue. Ooh. What problems there, like... Uh, That's what you need to aim for. I think you're, you're wrong. It's uh, Kildare versus Sligo in the under-20 final. Uh, black yeah, versus white. That's actually... I think black and too, uh, too black and white. Oh, I think uh, the, of course Dublin is just a bit of summer, a bit of summer colouring. I I don't know. It the depends. Occasion. The the Dublin jersey has improved in recent years. It was terrible for about three decades, but they've got their act together in the last uh, seven or eight years. Oh, there was a version of it a few years ago. It's my favourite. I think it's gone backwards now, and it was the white collar. Um, three or four years. Their ago. Argentina jersey was amazing. But anyway, let's oh, move on, oh, Marcello. Oh, Sorry, I thought you were going to segue from Argentina into Carlos Tevez there, but... Well, I was about to go Marcelo Bielsa's yeah. back. Yeah. Uruguay. Overnight. I thought Leeds United should have seriously considered reappointing him mm. after Jesse Marsh. 
and even Javi Grazia. But if Big Sam keeps them up, obviously it's job done. Good appointment. You can't but go back. You can't go back. Uh, I you would can't. make an exception for Bielsa because he himself is such a unique character. Big Sam is not getting the job again. after the summer. You can't give it to him. There's no way. There's no way on earth Big Sam is getting the job. Based on the first two games, I don't think. Or anyway, I, I don't think anyway. Like, do you really think that the the American investors are going to come over and be like, "Yeah, he's the guy for us"? They're not. They're not going to do that. No, he could win them over with his um, salesmanship. Wow, and there was, you were saying there was an amazing story on um, uh, the football kickoff last week where Big Sam just chartered a jet one time because yeah. there, there was a, a plane delay. Yeah, I was talking to Keith Tracy about this. So Tracy played under uh, Big Sam at Blackburn. I was saying oh, when he was Newcastle manager, he was only there mm. for like um, eight months. Yeah, got a helicopter in, but they took the company car off him when he was leaving, so he had to get a lift home. The quick demise of Big Sam. But Keith Tracy was saying, "Oh, you similar stories. I have one for you there." Uh, when they were travelling somewhere with Blackburn. Flight was delayed. Big Sam having none of it. He's like, no, 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 no. Get a private jet. 60 grand he dropped in his credit card. No bother at all. Oh, he paid for himself? He, he does not wait for time. He does his own thing. Do He's on Big Sam time. Do you think he claimed it back on expenses after? I'm not sure. We could never be, got to that part. That's part two coming probably, up this week. You probably don't know. You, you don't get to hear those things. That's uh, like, you know, maybe the chairman a- was And like, Look. are you in any way surprised that Sam would do something like that? Not a chance. Because I, sa- I asked that to Keith and Keith's like, oh no. Totally in character. Right. Yeah. Also said he's a great lad, and he's brilliant to the night out. So oh, that that doesn't good company, me like yeah, you know. Um, so very quickly, mm-hmm. uh, Manchester City and Manchester United, Neville and uh, Carragher, Carragher yeah. them. They picked um, the combined eleven between the treble winning side for Manchester United in nineteen ninety nine and this season's Manchester City side, who of course uh, are on themselves the brink of a treble. Gary Neville's eleven was the ninety nine eleven. Including himself at right back. Jamie Carragher's 11 was a bit uh, more subtle. He had Kyle Walker at right back. Ruben Diaz centre half with Yapstam. Ilkay Gundogan and Jack Grealish in midfield with De Bruyne and Haaland up top. Took Gary Neville out, obviously. Obviously, took Gary Neville out. Yeah, but kept Irwin, Stam, Schmeichel, Keane, and Beckham uh, in his 11. Uh, Greel- Grealish's stats uh, superior this season than Giggs's were in 99. Mm. Giggs up to the final had three goals and one assist all season. Not a great campaign. I wouldn't massively argue with Carragher's team except for Scholes being taken out. Gundogan in instead of him. Gundogan's brilliant, but... (sighs) Yeah, Carragher made the point that um, Scholes wasn't always starting that season. Exactly. Not on the team. He's not on the team. He couldn't get the Man United team when he was all talking about. Oh, he was the greatest midfielder of all time. Alex Ferguson didn't think so because he didn't pick him. Scored in the FA Cup final against Newcastle that, that season. Pretty important at various junctures throughout the season as well. Couldn't get in the team. Uh, he would have started the Champions League final if he wasn't suspended. I don't know. Um, would he have started because Roy Keane was suspended? Like, would he? Would he definitely have started? I don't. Maybe he would. Maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. But like, the, there's a there's a lot of Skulls. Skulls had a great career, uh, and his longevity was massively impressive. And his comeback from retirement was massively impressive. Mm. But, uh, like, he wasn't in the same class as Roy Keane. Skulls. Yeah, different player. He's a different player, but he wasn't in the same class. There's like a class of players, a tier, a tier of players. Is that because like, we're Irish, though? Are no. we saying that because we're Irish? No, I don't think so. I don't think he was in the same class as Javi. I don't think he was in the same class as Iniesta. I think he was a very good player. Like he, had a, he had an excellent career. But if you asked Javi and Iniesta, they would say he absolutely well, was. But, but sure, like, here's the thing. Players always say other players are amazing. Not what, always. What's their, what, what benefit is there well, without, because then you end up coming across 
They don't have to like say a, anything. A bit they of dick. They don't have. They never had to sp- speak about Paul Scholes. But I'd they say did. they were all asked. Of course, they were all asked by the English media. Oh, Paul Scholes, he's world class, isn't he? Yes, he is world class. Yes, world class, excellent. But I always killed him. When they talk about Scholes, they talk about the latter half of his career. Scholes, when he started playing deeper and controlling games, because Scholes was put up front when they signed Juan Varane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. So he was a sacrificial lamb in the midfield four, the famous four. Which didn't actually play together that often. Ten, he, yeah. And if he's world class, why was he being sacrificed? It was more when he actually changed. He used to wear, when he wore the long sleeves as a young fella, he was scoring goal, goal scoring midfielder, changed the short sleeves, dropped back, played in the deep line playmaker role. And that's when I think his peers that are talking about him as this great player. When you're comparing him to Roy Keane, I think he's incomparable. Like, I don't. Grand, I, I can ha- never I'd remember have, a player like Keane. I'd have Luke Modric ahead of him. Miles ahead of him. Um. Miles and yeah, miles long, longevity at the top level, probably. I mean, you forget Souls retired and came back, of course, after I, six I, months. I, I gave him extra points for his longevity. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.